JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six. For the Maniac! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Yes, sir! Oh, 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 the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome to a Wednesday. Thank you all so much for joining us. I have to admit, I was digging on the college hoop. I was digging on the college hoop. I Listen, it's still not the type of basketball that you're going to see come January, February, and into the tournament. But I love basketball, so last night was pretty good. You might want to go ahead and dial up that first game maybe an hour earlier, just in case of a double overtime. I don't know what time Duke and Kansas ended last night, but it was probably more like this morning than it was last night. That is a tough one midweek-wise right there. Shout-out to the Boilermakers for a win. He did not close it out for Purdue yesterday, but I want to see more of Trey Kaufman-Wren. Anybody else? The Silver Creek High School standout, I believe the nephew of former Sycamore standout, Matt Wren. I thought when he was in there, he did some things. And certainly Braden Smith from Westfield was outstanding in the second half. That was a really good game with Purdue and Marquette. Gavit Games matchup is pretty good. You can kind of see why you look at Braden Smith and you just like that's that's the hardcore dude. That is the hardcore dude that everybody wants on their team. And then by the end of his four year career or whatever, he's going to be that dude that everybody else hates except for those at Purdue. I always thought it'd be great to be that guy. Wouldn't it have been great to be a Brian Cardinal? Everybody hated your guts at the tail end of your career. <laughs> that would be great. And they hated your guts because you were good. Because you were productive. Because you were a winner. 
Uh, Braden Smith goes at it, goes at it hard. All those cliches that, you know, every coaching level, all the coaches throwing at you when they read somebody else had said it before them. I just kind of pass it along like a secret. Here's a little secret. Here's something new. There's no I in team, defense or D-bench. i tell you what, though. He had a off-one-foot floater at the end i was digging on that i like three's better than two always and we're certainly smack dab in the middle of that great era but that two that he had late in the second where he kind of went off one foot held up a little bit knocked it home little floater off of one foot that was nice yeah, back in the day, if you do that in a pickup game, somebody would call you Koozie. Hey, way to go, Koozie. Nice shot, Koozie. <laughs> but I loved it. Purdue, and I guess we'll find out a little bit more about IU coming up on Friday night versus Xavier. But Purdue, they just they, you got so many. And we talked to Matt Painter a couple of weeks ago about trying to keep everybody happy. And it's not about him trying to keep everybody happy. It's everybody earning the clock or the playing time that they end up getting. But you go from, you know, Braden Smith uh, to lawyer. There's always probably going to be somebody clockwise is going to be the odd man out there. But they do look like that they're loaded up, and I'm assuming we shall see the same for IU coming up on Friday night at Xavier. I cannot wait to see these two teams get together. I know a lot has been made about the Big Ten this year because of so much that they lost. But this is stacking up. I'm not suggesting that the teams are going to be bad or not up to what you believe they should be. But I would guess that the Big Ten in basketball is going to be this year a lot like what we have seen in the NFL this year. That's something I guess you can embrace. Yesterday, everybody told me that a season like this year is one that you like a hell of a lot better. Seems like everybody has a chance. Everybody but a select few has an opportunity here. But last night, last night was fun. That double overtimer with Michigan State kind of hanging in. You love it. You love it when guys on out-of-bounds plays get absolutely lost. There was one, the out-of-bounds play to tie to send it into overtime. I think it was Shibway that got lost. And then they actually tied it up to send it into double overtime. Was it uh, C.J. Frederick who went to cover that? It was a ball fake by Hall, I believe it was, to the corner. And Frederick kind of went for that. And then Hall drives and slams it home. And you're going to double overtime. That's some good stuff. Michigan State just kind of hangs around. That's what you saw against Gonzaga if you go back to Friday night. You go back to Friday night and watch that game where they played it in San Diego on the aircraft carrier. They'll just grind you a little bit. They don't have the normal, at least not yet. Maybe somebody transitions into that over this season, but they don't have anybody uh, of um, you know, the the high level you would think of elite talent. But, man, they, they'll grind you. They will grind you. And they still have a high level of talent. Don't get me wrong. John Shire on the sidelines for Duke. That's just weird. I go back to thinking about, you know, other than one year, right? You go back to thinking about how we all grew up 
And for the most part, Mike Krzyzewski was on the sideline. I go all the way back to those first teams. Those first teams where he struggled, maybe the first two or three years, and then once he drafted, I should say once he recruited that class with Dawkins and Amaker and Billis and Allery and Henderson, then they kind of took off, and then ultimately they go in 1986 to the Final Four, lose in the championship game at Reunion Arena in Dallas to Louisville and never nervous Purvis. And I always bring this up, too, because we all we all went through, I'm assuming, around here, we all kind of went through those eras in which we used to think Duke was pretty cool around here because there was that connection, right? There was that connection to IU basketball back in the day, and, oh, it's cool. And then in 1992, for most people, Duke became uncool and disliked. And then in the 90s, it just got worse. But it was weird to see John Shire on the sideline last night. It's just weird. And I know ultimately it's going to happen to everybody. But you just look over there for whatever reason and you go, yeah, it's just, it's odd. Really odd. So Kansas gets the win over Duke. And then in double overtime, it was Michigan State over Kentucky, as I mentioned, to Purdue last night with a five-point win at home. Gavitt Games over Marquette. IU coming up on Friday. We'll talk about that. Brian Evans, the former Big Ten Player of the Year back in the 90s, uh, a sweet shooting lefty. Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, is going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about that and a lot of other things basketball-wise with B. Evans coming up here at the bottom of the hour. So it is on Friday, and it's a football life. You guys have watched this a number of times. It's a production put on by the NFL Network, and one of your, if not your, all-time favorite. He's certainly right up there. The football life is going to be about former Colts running back Edron James coming up on Friday. And everything. Edron James was out in Las Vegas for the coaching on an interim basis debut of Jeff Saturday that went successfully back on Sunday. Edron James's football life coming up on Friday. Edron James coming up on this show Round about 4.15. I believe we had him before he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was absolutely incredible. He always is. You are not going to find a better interview. Somebody had actually reached out to me on Facebook and said, man, you know, Edron James seems like a really good dude. He is a fantastic dude. And I don't know about anybody else, but when you can mix in Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, and Trick Daddy into a football life, you had me at that. Uh, we'll talk to Edron James coming up here at 4.15 today about that and a variety of things, what he thought about the coaching debut of Jeff Saturday. I'm just kind of curious if anybody's going to show up here coming up on Sunday. Has anybody else noticed at all? There is a buzz going on. Not that kind of buzz, but there's a buzz going on around here about that game. And that buzz is still here even though – the team coming to town in the Eagles on Sunday is no longer unbeaten. I don't know if it's because of the Saturday thing. I'm assuming that's most of it. You got a 4-5-1 and one team against an 8-1 and one team. There is significant buzz. Normally, you can tell by who is doing the broadcast television-wise. Who's doing the broadcast? Is that Ian Eagle and Charles Davis? 
I'm a big fan of Iron Eagle. So I call the games that Iron Eagle does, I call those big games. I like Iron Eagle a great deal. Iron Eagle is also the voice of the Brooklyn Nets. But I'm a big Iron Eagle guy. I believe it's Iron Eagle. I like Charles Davis a great deal. Back when I did my other show on the other station, that's way back, Charles Davis came on about every week and was always always as prepared and informational as you want anybody to be. But that just seems like this week it is different. And that makes me wonder, with that debut of Jeff Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday, if we're not going to see some of his old team show up to watch this. Talk to Edron about that coming up at 4.15 today. I agree with you. There are questions all the way around. We talked about this yesterday, too. Shaquille Leonard with the back surgery. Four years remaining on a contract. You kind of view it like this. You're pessimistic about him getting back to where the Colts, where you felt he was when he was handed out that contract extension. I will say this about Shaquille Leonard. Normally, he has been good over the course of his career when healthy at proving people wrong, at utilizing, using those and what is said against him and transferring that into motivation to make him an even better player. But when you start messing around with your back, I mean, think about it. Bowen is whining about his back, like in the rocking chair with baby Max in these QC Kinetic commercials. Oh, my back. So you can imagine what Shaquille Leonard is going through right now. So it does stand to reason you wonder if he's ever going to be that. And really, even before this, I think some people wondered, can you not be, how should I put this, more economically fit when it comes to that position? Do you need to sink that much money? It really is an argument kind of like the one that you have with Quentin Nelson playing left guard. People like to call those positions non-essential positions. Now, if they work for you and it translates into wins, i.e. working for your team, then who cares? That really is all that matters. Who cares after that? But when you look at it, you look at a guy like Zaire Franklin, who's leading the NFL in tackles, Bobby Okereke, who's had a nice season. Bobby Okereke, who's going to be a free agent. EJ Speed, when he's been given the opportunity, has stepped in. I'm not suggesting that Shaquille Leonard's not going to come back. I would expect nothing less of him to come back if he's healthy, if he's ever going to be healthy, and come back with a vengeance. Because you know that he's probably documenting, what do they say, keeping receipts? I think Jim Irsay kept receipts over the weekend, right, of what was said. And then he cashed those receipts in on Monday. I'm assuming he's keeping receipts of everybody and what they're saying about him. He's never going to be the same. What's this clown talking about in the afternoon here in Indy saying, he may, maybe you're not going to be the same. And all of a sudden, that is a tremendously bad contract. 
Those are things that you just realistically talk about when something like that happens. When you go, what, three surgeries since whenever, two of those being on the back? That is not something you normally mess around with and somebody comes back to be the player that A, they once were, or B, were supposed to be. So that leads to a myriad of questions that you ask regarding that position coming up in the offseason. No doubt the smart move was to do what they're doing right now. Make no mistake about that. But still, so many questions remain as to, is he going to be what everybody thought he was going to be? And I will never take away. I know some do, but those are jackasses. I'm not one of those. I give him full credit for playing through pain and then giving this defense a year ago the spark that without it, it would have been awful. Sorry, he took away the football. But now you really have to think about it as, is he going to be anywhere near the neighborhood of paying off for what that contract is? And can you go much more economically lean moving forward here. A lot to think about at that position. And we'll do that coming up a little bit later on. I think it's a bad back and all, Kevin Bowen. Five o'clock hour for bad back. Uh, I'm in the rocket chair in my back. Have you been in the rocking chair with Luca? You guys got a rocking chair at home? Like an old wooden one uh-huh. you have on the front porch? Uh, no, we don't. No, you don't have no rocking chair. Oh, huh? we got a rocking chair, but it's nice and soft. Yeah, reclines. You sleep in Does it. Does your back hurt? And you no. complain about it for a commercial? No, it no. doesn't. <laughs> I will say this. It's all about when we do these things. It's about life experiences. Because a lot of you probably have similar experiences, so it does make sense. But Kevin Bowen's going to join us coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Pacers back at it coming up later on tonight. I'm assuming everybody yesterday realized that the report via via the information, the pinnacle of information that's ball sack sports. Anything, anything that starts with ball sack probably is not something you invest your complete and serious attention into. I'm just guessing. There's a reason. It's going to be a lot easier, too, to get screwed over, I guess, with the Wild West that Twitter is going to be. Now you got to get verified. you got to get a circle and a check. What else do I got to do? Yeah, I take a, I'm going to have to take a physical to be on Twitter, I think. Uh, we're going to have to ask you, sir, to take a physical and then to give us money. That's what I should be at right there when they say, we're going to have to ask you to give us money. I've got to be, I've got to give you money to be on here. So wait, 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 wait. I've got to give you money so I can take Region Brian talking about 33 playing for the fever after a game lost by the pace. So I, I've got, that's why I'm paying for this here. This is what I'm paying for. Just so we're clear about it. <laughs> I don't know, though. I might, just for the Uber facts alone, I've learned so much since I started following Uber facts, and that was just within the last month. I think I'm becoming smarter because of it. But after Pacer games, that's when you want to go, why am I paying for this again? 
Yeah, I did see this, and I actually retweeted it. I don't know if anybody saw it. Paul Allen is the longtime voice of the Minnesota Vikings. And Paul Allen, I don't think you had that ready at all, do you at all? That call? And I think it's lengthy. I don't know if I want to go. What is it, about three minutes long? It is at the tail end of that Vikings-Bills game on Sunday. And by the way, too, <laughs> this is awesome. Because the Colts went through this, what, three, four years ago? Remember the time the Colts were in Buffalo in December and they had uh, ass deep snow there? That's what they're going to have coming up on Sunday. I think the snowstorm is going to be going on during the game. But if you remember back, the Colts actually had to deal with that too. I can't remember how many years ago it was. Four maybe? Five? And when you're talking about some of these these pipsqueaks that cover the Colts around here, and the ass deep snow is up to their shoulders. Browns and Bills at 1 o'clock on Sunday in the middle of a November snowstorm. That may be worth it right there. But getting back to the Bills call, Paul Allen, longtime voice of the Vikings, gets into his play-by-play. That's something I'll play for you. Maybe not in its entirety because it is lengthy, but I'll play for you a little bit later on. My man has been invested, and he continues to be invested there for sure. And that's just kind of where we are. If you don't like the overboard cheering for the home team, then you probably aren't listening to it because more people like it than you dislike it. For me, it's whatever. I like good calls, don't get me wrong. And I do have my old school leans. I've listened to Don Fisher all my life, and I'll never stop doing that. But if you don't like the the era in which we're in right now of the over-the-top uh, we and us type of stuff, then that's probably not going to be for you. And you are in the minority of folks that don't like it because most do. It was an energetic call and an interesting call, too, because they had a video camera on Paul Allen in those not only the final minutes of regulation but going into overtime. Because he had actually, he had called the Vikings win, the Vikings win, and then Buffalo gets the ball back, and Tyler Bass goes down and ties it up with a field goal. So, honestly, his ass was kind of hanging on the line here. That's the one thing you want to stay away from. You don't want to call a win a win before it's a win. Because when it's a loss, people are going to remember when you called it a win before it was a win and turned into a loss, if you understand. But it is good stuff. It is. It is entertainment value. How long is that? Three minutes? Two minutes, 12 seconds. That's a long time for radio right there. Long time. We might have to break it up. But it probably will pump you up a little bit. Uh, Anyway, Brian Evans, bottom of the hour. Edger and James, the Hall of Famer, is going to join us in the middle of the 4 o'clock hour. Kevin Bowen, as long as his back holds up. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Pacers Hornets coming up later on tonight from Charlotte. 6.30, a pregame coverage. 7 o'clock is the tip. Seems like forever. And I guess they'll start playing more frequently, but it's been kind of an on the court, then three or four days off, and then back on the court again. This team hasn't played since Saturday, where they beat Toronto at Gambridge Fieldhouse. A lot of people telling me last night that 
the parking situations and the traffic downtown was pretty heinous yesterday because of the Champions Classic. Anybody notice that? Is it bad for you to get out of town? It was for me because there was a wreck down here at East and 70 or whatever underneath I-70. But uh, I didn't notice that. I guess the closer you got to Gambridge Fieldhouse, uh, the more of those trying to find parking that were unable to at the time struggled with that. But overall, a good double dip. Boilermakers a winner, too. Ball State, a football loser to Ohio. And we got a lot for you today. 239-1070. Email address is jmv at 1070thefan.com. Show's on Twitter at jmv1070. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'll crack that open coming up in just a minute as well. On the road tomorrow at the Bulldog. The Bulldog's going to be outstanding. Butler actually plays tomorrow night, too. But I would love to see you guys in Broad Ripple tomorrow at the Bulldog. That is our week number 11. Larcy Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming up tomorrow. And I mentioned the buzz surrounding this Eagles-Colts game on Sunday. Uh, The interest that now is certainly a hell of a lot higher than it was prior to what we went through last week. Coming up on Friday, a Bud Light Blue Friday at the District Tap. I've got Eagles Colts tickets for you. So you can win them and go. Coming up on Friday, the District Tap downtown. Bud Light Blue Friday. Kevin Bowen in the five, the Hall of Famer, Edgerin James, coming up at 415. Brian Evans, the former Big Ten Player of the Year. The lefty teased it up for the variety of things, college basketball-wise, and maybe we'll dip a little bit into the NBA as well. B. Evans joins us coming up on the other side. The stream, the app, HD Radio, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Edward James, the Hall of Famer in the 4 o'clock hour. Kevin Bowen's going to be here, too. Did you guys see this? High V. High V is the grocery store chain out of home based in Iowa, right? It has announced its concerts for the July 21st through the 23rd race weekend at Iowa Speedway. You guys ready? This is where I'm assuming IMS at some point, they're going to have to step up their game a little bit. Maybe they don't feel compelled to, but Saturday, Carrie Underwood pre race. Sunday, Check that. Saturday evening, Kenny Chesney, post-race. Sunday, Zach Brown Band, pre-race. And Ed Sheeran, who you just heard right there with Bad Habits, post-race. That's going big or going home right there. Going big or going home, that's a big deal. How much money do you think is locked up in that? Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown Band, and Ed Sheeran. Between those four artists and uh, setting up for stages, I'd five million. Five million between all of them? Yeah, I think so. Somebody looked that up for me too. See how much it costs to get those bands, all those acts in here. And by the way, is High V open in Zionsville? Have a location in Zionsville, and I don't know. Somebody will have to check in Avon. I'm assuming that Raising Canes 
has a new supply of chicken, unlike they ran out of, according to many, yesterday. I'm assuming so. There was a high V opening up up in that Whitestown area where everything is. I can't go like five miles without having to stop to go to the bathroom. So I stopped at the truck stop up there with the Popeyes on my way home from Lebanon on Monday. I thought, man, I just missed IV. Literally, I can't go five miles. I go, hey, I got to stop. <laughs> Get a big jug. Big can in there. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. The former Hoosier, the former NBAer, once upon a time in one magical season in the 1990s was the Big Ten Player of the Year. The left-handed sweet shooting stroke of one Brian Evans, who also helped cure my snoring with Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. You've done so much. Like, I don't even know. Your, like, bio that I have to read here is like a paragraph. You've done so much for me. Well done. <laughs> You make it so you make it sound so hard to believe that I was able to like change ends on a basketball court and make shots. Nah, man, you could shoot it. We loved you. We absolutely loved you, and and still do. I do want to dive into. And you saw last night, Purdue has again a number of dudes that are going to be vying for clock time, and there's not going to be enough spread around. That's a good problem to have as long as you win, and I'm assuming everybody remains happy. But I'm assuming IU's going to have a similar situation as they start, I guess, for real on Friday in the Gavit Games versus Xavier. What are you expecting from the guys down in Bloomington this season? I think there's plenty of reason to be excited, right? Uh, not that that's a, you know, any breaking news, but – yeah, it looks like we have some depth down there finally, much like Purdue. Uh, I'm, I'm tracking those guys, and Matt Waddell is a friend of mine, and his son is playing there now. So I'm, uh, uh, Brian is his name, and I'm, yep. I'm following them. But yeah, you got you have two different teams with what looks like you know nine or ten deep, which is exciting stuff. And I, I think one of the cool things that exists now that you know didn't back in you know our era when you and I were young men is uh, the plus minus, you know, that, right. that that wasn't even on the, on the uh, stat sheet, which is there now. And that thing doesn't lie. You know, when you, when you're in the game, if you're plus eight and, and when you're out of the game, if the team is minus 10, uh, you, the coach is going to try to find ways to get you in the game. And I think that's a, it's a awesome stat that, that exists now with some of the analytics that's available uh, nowadays that wasn't back then oh no i hate the plus minus is that because i suck why? i hate it why do you hate it um i i just i just i i'm not a big analytics guy in the first place and that's one that i always point to i guess you can i don't i think you can be a part of a rotation now with so so many dudes that are getting playing time where you know maybe what you your true value was you know during that time when you're in there doesn't show or your contributions really show is that fair yeah yeah there's a there was a thing that they had in europe when i was playing over there that was a, they called it your valuation right was, and i think it was a different number than just a straight up plus and minus of what the score is when you're in the game um but it just takes it takes your stats and it kind of bakes them together right uh points and rebounds and everything i think it's actually a better number than the flat out you know plus and minus of the score um but you know i i look back and i think you know when i was playing in the nba and for the for the just a few years that i was there 
I wish they would have had any any one of those stats just because I, I felt like um, our second unit in particular right. was doing positive things, and I was a part of a positive second unit, and – you know, I don't, it wasn't being looked at. It was like, oh, well, we're going to stick with our rotations. And there's something about Coach Woodson that I think is, you know, he, he's got a lot of NBA mentality. Yeah. There, there's no question about that. And, you know, I, I think about being on his team if I was a starter. And I wanted to, I'm not going to lie to you, I wanted to play. I wanted to play the whole game unless I was tired, which wasn't going to happen, or I was in foul trouble. I don't. I wouldn't like this platoon thing. I really wouldn't. I, you know, Coach Knight was great about this back in the day. It's like, hey, every day in practice, show me that you're better than the guy in front of you, and show me how much better you are than the guy behind you, and um, your minutes will reflect that. And if you wanted to play, you tried to beat the crap out of the guy in front of you. If you, if you were the backup, or you know, in my case, if you were you were the starter. You don't want to give that guy behind you any any air, and I don't know. I, I I feel like this platoon thing where we're going to make these mass substitutions because we think we're strong, you know, through ten guys. I, I I'm not buying into that. I I don't I don't think that's the best way to substitute. But that's just me. Yeah, well, and I to, I think to your argument here, sometimes maybe you have a guy in the groove and you sub this person out and they don't find it again. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, you feel more compelled to try to, you know, give everybody a little bit of clock time. You know, maybe that happens. Maybe not. I mean, if you're the coach and you realize somebody's got it going, then obviously you should leave them in. But I, yeah, sometimes I guess you can look at it that way. That's an interesting point. Sometimes you can't have, have too many. And it can become an issue, but I think those issues are are more easily, if you want to put it that way, solved in this era of basketball. Because I mean, hell, you can just like run to the transfer portal if you're not getting enough time, which is not good. Don't get me wrong, but that's a way that some of these guys. I'm not suggesting on either one of these teams, but just in general in college basketball, would choose to deal with that situation of not getting the playing time that you think you should be getting. Great point. I, you know, that that that's. That is a wild card for sure. Is trying to keep a lot of different guys happy and keep them from uh, trying to transfer. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like if you're uh, if you got a ten man rotation, then you get, and, and that's really what you believe is the best rotation, then stick with it. My guess is when you get into the Big Ten, right, the the meat of the Big Ten, it's not going to be ten guys. It's going to be eight guys, and. You know, and the guys that got it rolling, and the guys that you know you can rely on, they should be playing thirty to thirty-five minutes. And I don't know. I I, I saw it happen. I got paired out of a uh, a rotation plan for John Calipari in New Jersey, where I felt like you know I was I was an important part of a second unit that played really well as a second unit, and it, and it was more of a uh, a platoon thing. We'd kind of come in together, and it was it was. Uh, Oh, geez. Sherman Douglas and Ronnie Cycli and Chris Gatling. You probably remember some of those oh, names. Oh, yeah, I remember all and those we, names right there, yeah. And we, had a, and we had a nice second unit that was coming in and, and feeling like our, our quote-unquote plus-minus was was strong. And when we got to the playoffs, we were the eight seed. This, this was in, that, in the Jordan series um, 
we we matched up with the Bulls. We were the eight seed. They were the one seed in '99. Jordan's last title. And Cal Perry called me in his office and said, "Hey, I'm you're not gonna like this, but I'm gonna pare down, you know, from ten guys in the rotation to like seven or eight. You and Lucius Harris are kind of the odd men out." And it, man, it, it hurt. It that's that cut really deep because we were we were an important part of that unit, and we we go off and get swept. And I, you know, I've often wondered, well, once you've once you've done that for 82 games, why would you change then? And I, you know, I, you go into a season like this, it's like, is Woody going to stick with it? You know, great. If you're 10 people deep, then stick with it. I, I have a hard time believing you're going to play 10 in the Big Ten season. That's just me. Seems like to me, and Brian Evans, the former Hoosier on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, that there there is a great deal of optimism in that backcourt um, with Hood Shafino as a freshman and Xavier Johnson um, for another year. And, and I don't know when it was. I actually asked Don Fisher this on Friday. He couldn't remember exactly when the game was. But there was a point in time a year ago where on the floor – Everything was going in the wrong direction, and everybody was being critical of Johnson and getting tired of him. And then there was a game where the the switch kind of flipped, I guess, so to speak here. And he became as important a part of that team as they had more success down the stretch and got into the the, uh, NCAA tournament than he was being criticized for before that i can't remember the time but he became an essential player to that team at some point a year ago and i think that expectation is for that carryover in the backcourt with this group as well yeah yeah I, you know it was around that uh home game against purdue where i mean and that was late season he just he's got a lot of courage you know he's got he's got some of that moxie that i, I love to see too and you know and i was i was in the group of people that was frustrated by him Felt like he was always trying to go a little too fast, a little out of control. You know, nobody likes the way that jumper looks, or the, even the, even a free throw. He, he doesn't have a pretty shot, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, the results were there. The guy, the guy's got some courage. He's got moxie, and that t- that team. I think when you have the leadership guys, Trace, uh, hard to poke holes in him. Seems like such a good guy. If I was going to say he hit a soft spot, it was probably he's too nice of a kid, you know, and, and isn't isn't it maybe aggressive enough where I think that's where Xavier has yeah. been a big part of that team. It's like he, he, he looks like a guy has got a chip on his shoulder. He plays really hard, and he plays a little bit pissed off. Yeah. So Brian Evans with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So you got heavy expectations there. What do you think the Big Ten's going to look like? They lost a, a lot of high-level stars this past off season and uh, people are kind of talking about it as, as being down. I don't think it's going to be as down as it's going to be competitive. It's kind of like the NFL season this year. You just kind of look at it across the board as, you know, basically everybody out there is going to be high level competitive with that other team on a given night. I think that's what you're going to see in the big 10 this year. I agree. I, I think the, the big tens, you know, Obviously, it was down for me to to win the MVP of the league back. Come in the on, United man! States. No way! way stroking, down. you're stroking <laughs> jumpers. Come on, come on! <laughs> it was way down that year. There's no question. But beyond that, I, I think that nowadays it's anybody that has pro potential, it leaves. That's the way it is, and you know, that's why Trace is back. He went out and got feedback that that wasn't good for him. You know that there wasn't a spot for him. 
But anybody that there is, like the young uh, Christie from uh, Michigan State, yeah. if you get feedback that you're a, a first-rounder, and now it used to be, you'll remember this, it used to be if you were a lottery pick, you needed to go. It was kind of, That was kind of like the right. hallmark of leaving. Uh, and then, I don't know when this happened, I think, you know, early 2000s, it kind of turned into, well, if you're a first-rounder, you know, then, then you should – you should probably go because what if, you know, uh, they start thinking you're too old. What if you you get hurt? You know, so if you're a first rounder, you got to go. I don't even know what it is now. I, there's guys all the time that leave that don't get drafted, and they're not mad. They're like, oh, I, and they they just they leave school. It's almost like uh, college sucks, and I, you know I don't get it because I, I had such a great experience when I was in school. Um, so much of that landscape has changed. But every year you've got these new rosters, and I'm, whether we like it or not, it's it's here to stay. That's the reality. I'm trying to get to know the teams. I watched the Michigan State. You know, I watched those games last night, and we're, let's face it, we're all pretty much starting from scratch. You're trying to learn these rosters because it's all young guys and new guys. Right. We've got to. This is what's cool about Purdue. Is what's cool about Indiana, is that we do have veteran rosters. And that's that's kind of exciting because I I think this is the first time in a long time I felt like there's a chance if this if this team comes together that we can make a deep run because we we do have veteran guys on the roster that can perform. They may not be, you know, headed for the NBA, but who cares? I, I want I want Indiana to win. I think this is the year. It's uh, Brian Evans right there. How's everything going at the Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic? I'm getting that deep sleep that I need, even if it's only like for four and a half hours a night because I stay up late. The deep sleep is there. Thank you, John. John, that's not enough, pal. We got to get you. Got to get to bed earlier. You got to stay in bed longer, buddy. Four hours is not enough. I do. Hey, I do want to tell you this. Yes. We got a couple. We got a couple new designs, new uh, mouthpiece designs. Yep. And I want you to come in um, and and get fitted for one of the new ones. I, I got something else I want you to try. I think you're going to love it. I'm ready. Just get me more, up there. A little more comfortable, a little, little more comfortable, easier to sleep with, and uh, the outcomes have been outstanding. Well, I'd love to get you back in. I, I love that, and I'm, I'm a believer. And then I'm making believers out of folks that listen to my story because this was a long-term struggle that you and Steve Green cured and i can't thank you enough i'm going to send more people and let's get that going i'm going to come up there and, and try out the new device you do you got great listeners man and they and they come and see us and they drop your name every time and uh and, and we're getting some great outcomes just like we did with you so hey get on the uh i'll, I'll follow up with you let's get you back up here because i i want you to try one of these new designs because i think it'll be good for you you got it b evans i appreciate you more than you know man we'll talk again soon it's uh, Brian Evans right there, the former Hoosier, the Big Ten Conference Player of the Year back in the 90s, the nba or and he has uh, cured my snoring, too, which I truly appreciate because it was an issue. Brian Evans on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Bowen in the five, Edger and James, the Hall of Famer, can't miss in the 4 o'clock hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
Hey, Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, a little bit earlier, the podcast 1075thefan.com. Got some some time if you want to work it in at 239-1070. Edron James, the Hall of Famer, going to join us coming up at 415. Edron James was out in Vegas supporting Jeff Saturday in his debut as the interim head coach of the Colts and their win over Las Vegas. We'll talk about that and a variety of things with Edron James, one of all Colts fans' all-time favorites coming up at 415 today. By the way, Colts tomorrow, DeForest Buckner is going to be on the show. I believe that's in the 4 o'clock hour at some point tomorrow, too. Uh, DeForest Buckner tomorrow, Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Week number 11 is at the Bulldog tomorrow, Broad Ripple. So join us at the Bulldog for the show, me, Brent Halverson, and the flowing samplage should be happening. Flowing samplage. It's going to be a great time. So join us at the Bulldog. The first time we've been to the Bulldog. Which is always good. Doug Thrasher writes this. Why can't people understand school is not for everyone? Some guys, girls don't like taking classes, writing papers, studying. School sucks. College too. I didn't like doing any of that, but I did like partying. So I like school. That's it. I like the, the social calendar was always full, so I was digging on school. <laughs> I don't know if I could have done it without the social ramifications of school. And that's both in high school and in college. And people that know me at Indiana State know that when somebody was looking for one hellaciously awesome party, you knew where to go. Eighth and Crawford, it's a house that looks like it's about to fall down. Come on in. But well, wait a minute, dudes. You got to pay some money. You can't come on in, dudes. Ladies, you come in for free. Dudes, you got to give me some cash. Yeah, the social life was what I was looking at. And by the way, to the plus minus, I agree with you on that. It's not that solid. I, I just I look at it both ways, I guess, but I'm just not a fan of it. If if you do well, for example, in the second unit and maybe you're not putting up huge numbers and you're performing well and your group is performing well, that is probably a means in which to document that success. But I'm not the biggest fan whatsoever of the plus-minus system. Scott Watson asked me this. JMV, the Lakers general manager, Rob Polinka was in Indy Thoughts. He was here along with Sam Presti was here. I think Kupchak was here of the Hornets. I think it was a who's who of general managers. Bob Myers of the Warriors here last night. And it was all because of those two games because you can scout a number of high-level players just by showing up at Gamebridge Fieldhouse last night. Or going down to Center Grove West Gymnasium from 9 until 11. Either one. I think Bob Myers showed up down at Center Grove West Gym between 9 and 11 last night. Either one, you're going to find high-level basketball participation. So, yeah, you want to get an eyeball full of that, and that's the type of event where you go. It was nothing more than that. Yeah, Pacers are out of town, too. The Pacers are on the road in Charlotte coming up later on tonight. 6.30 is your pregame show. Scott, thank you for that. Uh, Jimmy writes this, FYI, I can't stand Kansas. I always think Kansas sucks. Not a fan 
of it. Sorry. Hey, JMV, it's not what we teach, Homerism, taking over each or talking over each other, I should say. Sorry, John. But it has its place when you're an arm of the team, as most of these play-by-play folks are. Fantastic voice and presentation. Some guys have the ability to yell without the voice becoming inaudible or scratchy. That's about the Paul Allen call to the end of regulation and then the game winner in overtime, that interception for the Vikings knocking off Buffalo and what many people have tabbed as the game of the year last Sunday. The call's like two minutes and 12 seconds long. We may play it, not its entirety, but at least split up a little bit. Eric Smith says, CG West Jim, you say, need to show up for this sometime. Oh, I didn't show up last night. <laughs> so that's good. My stomach hurts. I'm going to cry. I feel bad about making fun of Bowen's back. I didn't even go in and play last night at 9. I had a stomach ache. Yes, I wasn't feeling it. I kind of wanted to watch some hoop last night and not have to watch, not DVR it and come home and watch it until 2 in the morning. So I just kind of hung it home. But a high-level, high-level CG West gymnasium talent was going down last night. Make no mistake about it. None at all. JMV, did you see High V? In their IndyCar weekend, Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown Band, and Ed Sheeran. That's better than the 500. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's a lot better. There is a lot of money being spent here. And here being in Iowa at the Iowa Speedway in July, that is a who's who right there. You know, we mentioned Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw was a part of it last year. That was a high dollar last year, too. Where would you rank Tim McGraw with Kerry Underwood, Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown Band, and Ed Sheeran? How would you rank those? Put Tim McGraw in there as a fifth. For how much it costs to get them to play there? Yeah. The, no, or just popularity? Popularity. I'd popularity. probably go Ed Sheeran, one. One, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Is he Scottish? Um, I think he's from England. Yeah, I think it is. Is he Scottish? I watched Train yeah. Spotting a little bit last night too. I wonder if he was Scottish. I think like actually, Mark no, I think Renton. He's just from the UK. Oh, is he? Or I guess just England. But uh, I go at the lowest one. of the low. I'm sorry, I was going to go into my Train Spotting. Go ahead. Sorry. I'd probably go Zach Brown Band number two. Okay. Chesney three. Right. Underwood four. Underwood four. Yeah. Oh, there's no way. Yeah. If you're yeah. I think it's Sheeran Underwood Chesney. No. McGraw. Zach Brown band. Yeah. I put Tim McGraw. Sharon, I think it's Sharon and Underwood right there. I think I I'm not a, I don't know what Carrie Underwood does, but I think the all encompassing thing that she's got going on there probably will get her up to the second rank on that top five list. I do. Uh, Adams at two three nine ten seventy, a couple of minutes ahead of the Hall of Famer Edger and James. Adam, hello. Hey, how you doing, James? Fantastic. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was on yesterday. I just want to say, you know, go Colts this weekend. Let's crush the Eagles. And to your question about do you think that some of the other players from yes past are going to be there, I believe so because they usually come in when there's something important like that. You know what I mean? This seems like it has been a game. And even with that loss on Monday night by the Eagles, they're no longer unbeaten. It seems like there's a great deal of buzzing. Granted, 
You know, Jeff Saturday's home debut as the coach, but it seems like that there is a lot of buzz around this game coming up on Sunday, and certainly more, more than we had talked about maybe a month ago. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling that I'm going to lose my voice. I'll be screaming the whole game. Well, I will say this. If the offensive line shows and can play at a level against the Eagles and they're able to maintain the football offensively like what we saw the commanders do on Monday night, uh, you give them a chance. Give them a chance. And, you know, you're also going to have to defend some guys, Jalen Hurts being one. And they've been good against guys running RPOs and guys that like to get out of the pocket and make throws and such. But A.J. Brown is the guy that you're going to have to. He's healthy, good to go coming up on Sunday. Got to eyeball that guy for sure. I think Gilly will have him on lock, though. Adam, enjoy the game, my friend. Appreciate you. You too. Thanks, man. Do you remember the game last year where A.J. Brown went wild here, right? Because when they played down there in week three, it was a basic group of no-names. He and Julio Jones went out pretty early in that game. Yeah. Well, Julio Jones catching a touchdown pass from Tom Brady in Germany on Sunday. That was that second game at home that A.J. Brown went crazy. But there's going to be a lot going on Sunday here. You guys are going to have a blast for that. You can win some tickets from me coming up on Friday downtown here at the District Tap. A Bud Light Blue Friday for everybody to enjoy and take your shot at those tickets on Sunday, too. I know Bullseye's going to be packed. It's going to be a good time all the way around. Hey, JMV, you mentioned the Pacers a moment ago, too. Has that team surprised you to this point of the season with their 6-6 six and six record? It has surprised me. And even in losses, it's been enjoyable to watch. Now, the new and the fresh feeling of it is one thing, but it does look like, and we'll see what they end up doing with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner prior to the trade deadline, but it looks like that that interest can stay, can hang. You like the pace? You like what they can do? It's still new, but yeah, I mean it's new and you you don't go in you don't go in to this season like you went in to this Colts season. Well, you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to challenge for the division title. You know, get a home game in the postseason. You know, think about how with the Colts in mind, think about how that your expectations have completely changed. Now you're just kind of waiting to see if they can give you a reason to be more excited than you are right now. They're still not legitimate with that in mind. And you're trying to look at the remaining portion of their schedule, which is rather difficult, mind you. But you're looking at that and you're thinking, all right, where is a logical path here? I will tell you this. If they were able to do something on Sunday, then we would probably dive into a level of interest we haven't seen around here in a while. And what I mean by a while is this season. But with the Pacers, you just don't have that expectation. I'll jump back to that coming up in a minute. In the meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, a football life about him premieres coming up at 9 o'clock on Friday on the NFL Network. It includes Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner. I believe Trick Daddy is a part of it as well. He is the NFL Hall of Famer and somebody that all Colts fans love. Edgerin James joins us now. Edgerin, how are you? I'm always good. 
Me too. Well, <laughs> well, I just know this from our conversations in the past. It is good to be you, man. There is no doubt. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I, I want to start with this past weekend. Were you going to Vegas anyway, or did you jet out there to celebrate and be a part of your former teammate Jeff Saturday making his coaching debut? Well, I was actually headed to L.A. I had to be in L.A. on Monday. But as soon as I see my boy get the job, I have to, you know, abort all missions. I got to go support my man. This is like, this is big. You know, somebody you play with, to see them get in these positions in the organizations that's family, it's like, man, I'm, I got I to be there for this because we're going to get that victory and I'm going to be right there to support my boy because, you know, it's only right. It's uh, Edrin James with us. Was he a guy that you played with in the past that maybe you thought one of these days could do what he's doing right now and coach in the NFL? Well, I'm not surprised. You know, I'm not surprised. You never know what what direction everybody's going, but I'm not surprised because if you be around and you're in those locker rooms and, you you know, you start developing these relationships and you're having these conversations, certain people know the game. And the people that know the game and they're actually likable people and people that you can get along with, you know, those right there, those are the things that separate certain people. Some people know the game, but they can't get along with people. Some people get along with people, they don't know the game. But when you're somebody that has that it factor that everybody loves, there's nobody's really has a problem with that and goes and does his work. Like, sadly, wasn't a drafted player. Sadly, came and put that work in and earned everything. So, Man, I love it. I'm I'm happy for him. It's uh, Edron James on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. A football life premieres about him coming up on Friday. We'll dive into that in just a second. Now, did you end up getting to L.A., or did you abort that mission totally? Nah, I don't abort nothing, nothing totally. <laughs> Still made it to L.A. It's, it's called omnipresence. You have to be everywhere. I'm everywhere. So you're you're absolutely everywhere. I love that. I'm trying to be everywhere, hey, as much as I can. You got to get up and go as much as you can, man. That's what life is about. Well, I'm. A, are you going to be up here on Sunday? Home debut of Jeff Saturday? You going to slide nah, up there? I'll be in, nah, I'll be at another function. You know, I just spread it out. You know, you got to spread the edge. You know? Well, let me, uh, so. let's hear about this function. Can you explain? Go into a little bit of detail about this function. Oh, well, it's, um, you know, I love to go and support the HBCUs. They have the Florida A&M versus Bethune-Cookman College, you know, classic game in Orlando. And I love to be there. The family atmosphere is good vibes, good energy. And if you ever get a chance to come to an HBCU game and hang out, man, you're it's the time of your life, man. I'm telling you. So that's where Ed's will be at. Yeah, that's where you're going to be coming up this weekend. Now, I, I, are you going to try to make a game back up here before the end of the season, too? I, I was assuming that we probably would see some some of the former Jeff Saturday teammates up here because of that debut um, on Sunday. Well, I can't speak for anybody else, you know, but I'm I'm never too far away. And if the big man sends the plane, I'm on my way. You know, that's how I move. Does that now, what, do you expect to get a call from the big man to send the plane down nah. there? I would nah, assume so. Nah, nah, nah. It's like it happens when it happens. I don't expect nothing, but <laughs> I'm always available for <laughs> the right thing. How'd you think the team overall played? And then after the game, we saw the video of you and Jeff celebrating and and enjoying that that first win. What you think about 
how he looked on the sideline, his demeanor, and how the team performed. Because that was, Edgerton, that was a chaotic week. I mean, it really was leading up to that game. And it seemed like everything went about as well, including the win, as you could ask. It was normal. He did everything that every other coach does. The difference is, it's just Saturday, and it's not a coach that has been around for a long time. You know, he did everything. Um, and I was actually impressed with his pregame speech, the way he rallied the troops, he got everybody together. If you didn't know anything about football or you didn't know anything about experience or anything, you'd have walked in the locker room, you'd have left out of there motivated, and the guys, they was all in. So whatever he did, he did what he was supposed to do, and he did it just like a coach would do. It's uh, Edger and James, the Hall of Famer, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Edge moves. Hashtag Edge moves. We're going to get that thing started on Twitter coming up in, in just a bit. So um, I'm assuming you've seen the finished product here of a football live for premieres Friday on the NFL Network. Um, what's, um, what's your favorite part, I guess, of your football life that we're going to see coming up on Friday? I don't think it's one part that's that you can take it as a favorite. I think it's the journey. You know, the journey, you know, the journey is when I look back on it, a lot of times when you're in the midst of living and you're looking at and you're just living life, you don't really reflect too much. But then when they start putting these football lights or when you start going through these series where it starts documenting things, it's like, okay, yeah, hey, it's pretty inspirational to see all the different things you go through to get to where you're trying to get to. And, and, um, they did a great job. Did you, because um, you seem like to me somebody that soaks up absolutely everything. Is, is there anything Always. that you wish you could double back and um, and relive it again because you didn't get to, to feel it as much as you did when you were living in the moment? Nah, not not too many things. Like every one thing kind of builds on the other. Yeah. So it's it's all part of the journey, you know. It's all part of the journey. So I can't say one thing because where I was at at this time in my life, you know, now I'm in a different space. So you just enjoy every space that you're in. That's how I try to look at. It. I enjoy every space, and now I I celebrate more of the small victories now because I was doing some I was doing some top notch things. You know, you break records or you're doing all. And for me, it was like, oh, we gotta go work tomorrow, or oh, we're just looking forward to the next day, or you know, always looking at to the next move. But now I kind of, you know, I sit back with my kids. I celebrate the touchdowns. I enjoy the things that they're doing because I really, I never got a chance to do those things because I was on a mission, you know, a man on a mission. You don't have time to be sit back and sitting on these awards or anything you get, any of those, any of those accomplishments. You say, hey, what's next? What's next? And that was always the mindset. How are you as a sports dad? I'm a great sports dad. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't bother my kids during the game. Hey, we do all our work through the week, through your preparation. When it comes game time, you know, I take my notes and when the game's over, they get a text message with everything they did wrong most of the time. And the things they did right, they expect to do it right. Everything they did that can make them better. And after that, whenever they come to me, that's when we talk about it. And I just keep moving on. But I enjoy the moments. It's a football life on Friday. Hall of Famer Edger and James, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Nine o'clock on the NFL Network Friday night. Peyton Manning has said this a number of times, and it's in this as well. 
Um, you were the best teammate he had ever had. So what makes a great teammate in your estimation? I mean, just be be there for your teammates um, no matter what. And, I, and you just go out and do your job. You do your job and you compliment each other. Um, you know, it, when it's time to pass, I know it's time to block. You know, a lot of time in this position, you know, you, you want to put the ball in your hands a lot. But if you play for the coach, you know, and you have a great quarterback and great receivers, you know, you'll be silly to sit up and think you're going to carry the ball all the time. you got to be willing to sit up there and protect this person and make sure these things happen. And for me, I just always just did my job, and I got a great appreciation for a person like Peyton that really loved the game, learned a lot about the game from Peyton because Peyton really loved the game, you know. And that's something that is is not common. <laughs> you know, everybody don't love the game like Peyton loved the game. Yeah. Well, who um who'd you learn the most from when you were here, from a teammate standpoint, Edrin? Uh, I think we learn from each other. You know, because everything complements each other. Like you know, the pass and the run, it, it always everything fed off each other. You know, so you have so much that you. I mean, so many different people you encounter. So it's, it's a multi. I mean, it's so many people that you deal with. You can't just say just one person. You know, it's, it was a group effort. So Edrin James, the Hall of Famer via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It's funny, Jeff Saturday in that post game um, speech to the team after the win talked about Victory Monday. Was there anything better than Victory Monday when you were a player? Man, he he called at the right time, man. When you look, you you look forward to Victory Mondays. You know, Victory Monday makes the season so much better. You know, you come in with that extra like motivation. It gives you that extra spunk to go out and win. Because there's nothing like Victory Monday. You know, that's that's. I think if you ask any football player, I think that's the best day of the of the year, Victory Monday. You guys had great coaches, whether it was you know, Tony Dungy or Tom Moore, you know, just really anybody, support staff, whatever, when you were here. Did you notice that Jeff Saturday may have taken away some of your coaches when you were playing alongside him and put into good use in his coaching debut this past weekend? Any any kind of quotes or anything like that that stood out to you? Absolutely. So as he said, who goes the hardest, the longest? Tom Moore popped up in my head. That's what Tom Moore's words. And, man, Saturday knows what, hey, all you got to do is do what the greats do, and you'll be okay. And that's what Saturday did. He didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Hey, shrink that playbook. Let's play fast. Let's play tough. Let's get out here and do what we do. And that's coach football. Man, it seems like, too, it could be easy to lose somebody if you're you're phony and, and you're up there for a while, you know, preaching and doing your thing. It didn't seem like you're right. I mean, he kept it simple. I thought the Colts kept it simple on Sunday, as simple as possible as they could with a new play caller, with a new head coach. And uh, I, I thought it worked out great in Vegas that way. Of course, man. Less is more, man. Like, why do you go get this dominant football player and you make him have to do all these thinking? All this thinking, you know, football is about reacting. You know, play fast, react, do what you've been doing since you was a kid. Let's not overanalyze this thing. Let's just play some hard ball. The man in front of me, long as I beat him, we win it. You know, and that's how that's the mentality. But when you go through and you have to do all these X's and O's and complicated, and I have to do all this thinking, I'm going to move a little bit slower. But when you take all the thinking out of it, you just simplify. That's what football is 
That's that's what it's about. That's why you work so hard, become stronger, faster, and become you know more. And, and your skill level shows. You know, put it on display. Uh, you, you have a book too, and Edger and James is with us. Before I let you go, from gold teeth to gold jacket, my life in football and business. Pretty happy with the way that thing turned out, I guess. Oh yeah, you know it's just, it's just like the football. Like it's part of the journey. You know, you get to show, give a little insight. And I think a lot of the, the younger kids is actually going through this stuff. I think any NFL player should actually read this book. And even the guys, even the younger kids are playing sports because it, they're in the book. You know, they're in the book, especially if they're walking the same walk. And so we wanted to make a book that was timeless, something that somebody can pick up in 10 years, the principles, they remain the same. And it's going to show what it takes to become. It's uh, Edron James. He's got the football life that premieres about him at 9 o'clock coming up on Friday on the NFL Network, and his book is called From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket, My Life in Football and Business. The Hall of Famer Edron James on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline and is just a text away from the big man sending the plane down to get back up here. I, I'm betting right now that, that that's going to happen before the end of the year. That's going to happen. Uh Anytime, man. Anytime a big man calls, Edge on his way. You know how it goes. <laughs> edge moves. Hashtag Edge moves. Hey, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You, you, I mean, I'm telling you, people love you up here. They love it when you come I on the show. It. And um, we're just a phone call away if you ever want to drop in again and uh, talk about anything, man. Always fantastic to have you on the show. All right. Thanks for having me, man. And go Colts. Edgerin James on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. A football life. It's Friday at 9 o'clock, NFL Network. Uh, the book is from Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket, My Life in Football and Business. At Edgerin James on Twitter, he is just a fantastic dude. He just is. Fantastic dude. I'm assuming, too, and I know that the people over there listen to the show. I'm assuming that there's going to be a plane going down to get him at some point. I am kind of surprised that he's not up here this weekend, but he had uh, preview, I should say, prior obligations. But he made it on Sunday. He went to L.A. and just aborted and stopped in Vegas to see that. I think his son plays for uh, an HBCU. Yes, he does. Yeah. I love, that's, that was one of my favorite parts was asking him how he is as a sports dad. Because we get all these horror stories of the sports dead out there right now. Somebody with that level of success. I mean, think about me, for example. I did nothing. But that level of success and then what you expect. That was pretty awesome right there. Edron James, the Hall of Famer, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Brian Evans a little bit earlier, too. We got Kevin Bowen, top of the hour. Your call's coming up on the other side at 239-1070. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I want to thank everybody in there for watching and listening and participating as well. Tomorrow and Friday on the road, I'll explain that. We'll jump back to the Colts. The Pacers on the road in Charlotte coming up later on tonight as well. Boilermakers a win last night of the Gavitt games and the two Champions Classic games won by Michigan State in double overtime and Kansas in the nightcap over Duke. We'll get to those and more with you coming up next. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No, Edger and James, outstanding. Just outstanding today. Uh, podcast 107.5thefan.com. That was a great interview with The Edge. Everyone needs to replay it. His relationship with the Colts is what everyone should strive for. Kyle would ask me, Colts fans, you can chime in on this. Kyle asked me of the indie era Colts teams of the past, and obviously the the golden era in which we bring up all the time, the Super Bowl 41 champion team, uh, those teams that started that, that included Edger and James. Where does where does he rank in terms of Colts fan popularity? I say he's second. I think it goes Manning, Edgerin, Reggie. That fair? Top three right there? That probably seems right, yeah. I think, think Marvin is Marvin kind of gets because he was just so quiet. Probably. Probably. I still think that that Marvin to I mean, just recognize his level of incredible greatness is probably in the top five without question. But that's that's where I would I would put Edger in number number two right behind Peyton Manning. Uh, if so, if you guys agree with that. I think most people would agree with that particular assessment, but he's always really good on here. Just kind of hangs. I, that's what I like, too. He just kind of does what he wants now. But maybe maybe it's because we've all either been there or we're in the midst of it right now. His answer about being a a sports parent was awesome. That's absolutely awesome. I could do that all day. David Lauk says, Edge 32, the only Colts jersey I bought and still wear. Outstanding. Janvi, absolutely love the Edge. Seaberg, loving how he holds his kids accountable in sports. We're going to talk about what we did wrong. Don't care about what you did right. <laughs> so true. Hey, Jamie, have you seen this shirt? This is outstanding. Where did you guys get this? This is from Adam Carter. Nah, somebody had to. That's, that's not what the shirt says. See, I did mine with Big Red. It says, I'm either drinking Dr. Pepper, about to drink Dr. Pepper, or thinking about drinking Dr. Pepper, or pissing out kidney stones. <laughs> mine was Big Red. It's pretty good. Strack says Marvin Harrison is unquestionably number two for me. Nah, good argument. Great, great conversation. And the, where do you think, uh, like McAfee, T.Y. Hilton, probably uh, from the second era um, yeah. of Colts here? Well, because of the, the popularity, and Pat was popular before you know Pat, left to do what he has become stratospherically more popular at doing right now. Yeah, I mean, Pat's probably the most popular of any of them right now. 
outside of Peyton, right? I mean, as far as just being, you know, a part of what he does. Oh, just for yeah, mainstream I mean, yeah, popularity? Mainstream popularity, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that, that part is incredible. As far as a former player, he's on the list. I mean, a guy like Bob Sanders is on the list. Math is on the list. Dallas Clark is without question on the list. So, lengthy list. Hey, JMV, I would say Reggie at two as he was that bridge from Manning to Luck. I don't even know where Luck is on the list. <laughs> there you go. There's one for you. Where's Luck on the list? Yeah. I think Luck keeps falling further and further until they find a new QB of the future, right? I've always said this. People are not going to. That's why you're not going in. And I don't want to get into this. This is not trying to. I don't want you to call about it. But people ask, you know, before the start of the season, you know, Ring of Honor stuff. He's he not going to get in until they have a success where people around here conveniently forget about the spot that they're in. So, and believe me, that's not me making something up. That's me knowing. For sure. But the last thing I want to do is have that conversation right now, so I'm not trying to start it. So don't call and ask about it, or don't tweet me and ask about it. It's the last thing that you want. Quick win, we'll come back. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour. Pacers on the road in Charlotte coming up later on tonight. Purdue will win over Marquette in the Gavit games last night. Zach Eady had a big night. The big man with a big night. You know, he had two points. Trey Kaufman ran at two points last night, but you just kind of wonder, you kind of wonder what else is going to be there this year. He just looks like a talented dude. They have a lot of players. Braden Smith had a terrific second half. Braden Smith is when you're describing what you want, or let's just say, for example, I asked Edger and James about being a sports dad. If you're a sports dad and you, you tell your kid what you want out of them when they're on the floor, that's it. You get a little bit of everything right there. It's a little bit of everything from him. Like nothing incredibly flashy, although going to the left hand and that finish in the second half was certainly flashy, if not lucky, but flashy. I loved, I loved the floater. The off one foot floater in the lane, he had me at the floater. That was an awesome move. But man, that is exactly getting on the floor, getting after the ball, taking control of things. That's probably what you're looking for right there. Quick break. We'll come back. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour. Brian Evans and Edger and James. Podcast 1075thefan.com. Don't leave. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Brian Evans, Edrin James, podcast 107.5, thefan.com. The Bulldog and Broad Ripple tomorrow. 
Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number 11 with me and Brent Halverson. DeForest Buckner tomorrow, too. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the morning show co-host, Kevin and Query, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m., Kevin Bowen is with us with his bad back. I've got a bad back. My bad. I'm rocking baby Max. My bad. What are you whining about your back so much for? What are you, 28 years old? Stop whining. I'm getting old, John. What are you, 28? Like, nah, I turned 33 a couple months ago. Give me a break. I'm getting old. It, I, God, it's, uh, I, I swear I feel something in a different body part every day. Oh, yeah? I wouldn't bring that up in the morning. I wouldn't bring that up in the morning when you guys don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Uh, conversations with you and conversations from 7 to 10, you, you <laughs> certainly got to walk around a little differently. Do you um, are you a, are you a stretcher before you hoop? I mean, I know you. Oh, just I have the three point line. I but. go through a battery of the most half assed stretches in the history of man. <laughs> I am a calf against the wall, a calf on the steps, a bend down and dribble really low for the better part of ten seconds, and then I'm good to go. For some reason, that that does not shock me. <laughs> I am good. Literally, it, I, I do it in about a minute and a half, um, and half of it is with a ball, but I'm also covered, and I mean absolutely lathered up in biofreeze. So I'm good to go. <laughs> um, I, I did want to mention uh, the opener. You're at the Bulldog tomorrow? I'm at the Bulldog. I live about, I live about uh, 500 yards from the Bulldog. 500 yards? Yeah. Are you going to come by and, hey, come by and I'll get you get you drunk tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, tell. I might have to. It's, yeah. uh, we'll celebrate my mom's birthday tomorrow. I'll get your mom drunk, uh, too. We, <laughs> she's a big fan of yours. Uh, we got some people coming, or we got some family coming over to the house. So, I don't know. Maybe we should yeah. start at the ball box. 500 yards. That's a trendy neighborhood right there. Yeah. it's. Um, I, I'm glad the Bulldog is back. You know, it used to be Mo and Johnny. Right. And uh, we were big fans of that. So, yeah, from a neighborhood standpoint, uh, being able to walk there, we are frequent, frequent visitors. Back in the day when it was Mo and Johnny's, uh, and I didn't know this. I was working at the other station at the time. Um, actually, I think it was even before I worked at the other station. Maybe it was around there. But back in the 90s, um, I had a major crush, and this is like 1992, 93, somewhere 94, a major crush on a lead singer of a band called Real Eyes. Her name was Kelsey. And, of course, like all other women uh, at any moment in my life, wanted zero to do with me. But I was right there. I was right there for Real Eyes and Kelsey. And then somebody told me, hey, she actually works at Mo and Johnny's. So the last time I was in Mo and Johnny's was in there. And I think that's been a long time ago. Clearly been a long time ago. But Kelsey, lead singer of the band. And a lot of people my age will remember this from the 90s. Real Eyes, one of the most popular local bands to play you know, between Indy and Lafayette and Bloomington and Muncie, you know, kind of doing the in-state thing. It was one of the most popular bands. It was the Situation Gray and the Y Store who made it big nationally with Chris Schaefer, who still does a great job and is around here as well. Uh, the Chosen Few, Push Down and Turn, just some great bands and Real Eyes. And Kelsey, who worked at Mo and Johnny's back in the day, uh, was the lead singer. So... There's a connection, a relatable. Oh, look at that. Shout out to Kelsey. They've done some great um, – I, I feel a Mo and Johnny's vibe when I'm in there, but yeah. I think the Bulldogs did a nice twist to it. So um, I love that you're going to be there. 
It'll be a good time. It is tomorrow. So come by, and I'll get anybody in your family drunk, okay? Just anybody that wants to step up and get drunk, they can get drunk, okay? Well, we'll probably keep Rosie and Max off to the side, but yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody else will walk right up there. I would expect that. So, and by the way, happy birthday to your mom. Shout out to your thank mom. You. Happy birthday. Yes, Colleen Bowen, thank you. Happy birthday to her. Fantastic. Um, all right, let's start with, I, I just talked to Edrin James, and the uh, football life is going to come up on, on Friday as well. And I asked this question after uh, we hung up with him. Do you think that I rank him second all-time in Indianapolis Colts popularity, uh, a little bit less, obviously, than Peyton Manning, who is number one, I guess, by a long shot here? Would you rank him number two all-time as far as popularity with fans here? Ooh, that's a good one. Um yeah, and I'd probably slot Reggie in at three. Um, yeah, I'd put Edge at two. I, I guess while we're going down the Bowen family tree, I think I've shared the story with you before. But my grandma, um, her favorite player was Edrin James to the point where she made it clear to our family that when she passed, she wanted burial slot 32. That's awesome. In the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – it was. Awesome. I think she just loved how authentic and real, yeah. and no one is more comfortable in their own skin than Edron James. I mean, hell, you saw it, and I can't wait to go back and listen to him uh, with you earlier. But I think you saw it from some of those post game videos with Jeff Saturday on right. on Sunday. He just that dude is just so so comfortable. And I mean, I'm a fault of this. I'm sure I speak for others out there. We're so worried about what others think. And that dude had no ounce of worry whatsoever. And I think people just felt that right away. And that's why he was beloved in an environment that's far different than Immokalee, Florida, where he grew up. What's what's interesting about him is he is exactly how I wanted to be growing up. And in terms of, of my career, I've mentioned this before, somebody we have a mutual friendship with is Jimmy Mad Dog Matus. And once I saw Dog working at Q95 when I was over there and I saw, you know, what he was both on the air and the off the air, that's exactly what I wanted to be. I wanted to be relatable and friendly with everybody. And that's exactly how Edgerin James is to me. He is cool with everybody. Doesn't matter, but he wants to have a good time. That's what I always thought Dog was both professionally and personally and that's how I wanted to be. And I think that's how Edger and James is, too. It just makes him so relatable to everybody. And not everybody can do that. Right. Right. And it's so real. Like, there's just not one ounce of fake whatever with him. Um, and just is always candid, always honest. And I remember hearing stories about the Hall of Fame party that he threw in Canton and trying to push that noise ordinance yeah. for the wee-wee hours of the morning out there. Um, and I think the Peyton Manning quote, you know, says it all about, you know, what Edgerin was as a teammate and how, I mean, again, Peyton and Edge come from far, far different backgrounds. Um, and for Peyton, who I think is very, very in tune to what it means to, you know, be a teammate and all of those things to say, you know, and he said this endlessly, he's the best teammate that he's ever had. Um, I think that, that, that resonates, that, that means a whole lot. It's a really high standard. And for Edge to have met that on the football field with work ethic, his playing style, et cetera, et cetera, he came in day one. He was a great blocking running back in terms of pass blocking standpoint. But then also off the field, just to be such a genuine dude, 
Uh, that's that, that's really rare. So I can't wait for Friday night to uh, to watch that. Yeah, going to be a great time. It's Kevin Bowen, the morning show. Kevin and Query. That's weekday mornings, Monday through Friday, seven until ten a.m. on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. How skeptical? Because I think a great deal. But how skeptical should the Colts be moving forward with Shaquille Leonard in mind? Second back surgery. There are so many what-ifs here, and you don't want it to be that way. But dealing with the back, and, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're whining about being 33 and being in a rocking chair. Uh, He's uh, taking collision after collision. So I would have to think a high level of skepticism about the future of Shaquille Leonard here, or will they look at it that way? What do you think? Yeah, you'd be ignorant not to look at it in that light. I mean, we're talking about three major surgeries in the last 15 months, two back surgeries in the last five months, and a guy that his game is predicated on an elite level of athleticism. He's been very open about what he thinks is best suited for his playing style, and that's to be a light linebacker. I mean, he weighs 215 pounds playing linebacker. And if you all of a sudden take away some of that elite athleticism and lateral movement and speed and, you know, bendability, whatever makes him such a unique athlete, you know, that all of a sudden really restricts his game. You know, I felt this way, and I know it's not the exact comparison, but I thought about this in looking back at Victor Oladipo's situation. You know, when Victor went down that night at Banker's Life, and I remember walking out of the arena thinking, boy, are we ever going to see him again? And not necessarily like career threatening, but more like, are we ever going to see Victor Oladipo at that level of a guy that is 6'4", a streaky shooter, so he needs to be the high-flying athlete, reckless abandon, attack on the rim, all those things that made him, you know, a top-five pick and, you know, had that all-star caliber run here in Indiana for a brief period. Um, and the ruptured quad, quad tendon was such a serious injury that he hasn't gotten back to that level. And I feel that way right now about Leonard. And just that when you talk backs and you talk nerve regeneration, yeah, I mean, how are you not skeptical about where he's at? The instincts, I think he's an incredibly instinctual player, but that can only cover up so much. And I think he's been honest about you know this season and saying that, you know, I've had to watch more film, and even when you watch him out there, the instincts can't cover everything up. Um, and I thought he was a shell of himself when he was playing. So it's unfortunate because, again, he was on a Hall of Fame you know, path. And now I think if you're the Colts, you have to have very honest conversations about Shaquille Leonard, his future, how that plays into your linebacker room, free agents and Bobby O'Karake and EJ Speed, all those things. I, how essential, and this seems like a really bad question, but I'm curious how you might view his position a year ago beyond essential for a defense that without his takeaways would have been absolutely awful. But this year we have seen it certainly more well-balanced. And you talk about these linebackers that have played well. I think Zaire Franklin's the leading tackler in the NFL. Bobby O'Karake, who's a free agent, has played well. Was a, a you know had a big play, you know the, the the second to final play of that game to help salt that thing away in Vegas on Sunday. And then EJ Speed also has had his moments. So with a player like that, knowing he has four years remaining, that's a high dollar contract. Certainly we know that. But how essential is he? positionally speaking, moving forward within this defense and then overall with this team, the way that it's built right now? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I would say there's a lot of kind of unknown just based off of who is running the team and which defense he's playing in next season. Um, you know, if Chris Ballard is still here, of course, Ballard holds linebacker in a higher regard than most. But Ballard has also looked at that position and has drafted no position he's drafted better than than, than linebacker. I mean, a variety of rounds, whether it's Leonard in the second, O'Karake in the third, EJ Speed in the fifth, Anthony Walker in the fifth, uh, Zaire Franklin in the seventh. So, you know, Ballard could look at it in, in that route. Um, and then again, you know, what does your defensive coordinator value? I mean, you look at Chicago with Roquan Smith this year and trading him to Baltimore. I mean, Matt Eberflus and, and Ryan Pace, you know, uh, or not, not Ryan Pace, whoever the new GM is, got together and clearly said, you know, the, the money value that Roquan Smith um, once, you know, doesn't necessarily meet maybe the linebacker value that, that we have. So I think that will play into um, some of it. Uh, so I think those are a, a few areas that you factor. Having said all of that, John, and the defense has played very well, and credit to Zaire Franklin. Um, I, he won't get any Pro Bowl consideration, but I do think he should garner a little bit of that. And Bobby O'Karake, I think, has played pretty good. And that play he made on third down, on the final drive, I know we talk about the Gilmore play against Adams. You don't get the fourth down if O'Karake doesn't make that play on Foster Moreau. Um, you have missed the turnover element. And I think that is what, you know, to your point, that is what covered up so much, I think, with this defense. Is we oftentimes called it an average to above average defense. I think some people thought it was even better than that. And I thought Leonard's ability to take, take the ball away, again, just covered up so much. And if you look at the turnover numbers this season, I mean, last year, I believe they were second in the NFL in turnover margin. And, I mean, this year they have to be near the bottom. I haven't, haven't looked it up. I mean, maybe they are at the bottom. Uh, but I think, you know, certainly the Matt Ryan turnovers play into it. But Leonard's ability to take away the ball and just create more of those plays. Like, you know, to end the game on Sunday, you saw Okereke and Gilmore get their hands on a couple balls. Yeah. That has been missing so much. They haven't even created chances to, you know, have those turnovers. And when you think about it, if, you know, let's say Okereke doesn't punch that ball out and Moreau scores and the Colts don't, you know, have a final drive, we're talking about that defense in a very similar light to how we talked about them to close out the Washington game where the pass rush was so quiet and the Heineke, you know, Heineke was able to have a bunch of time and scramble and make plays. So as much as linebacker to me is not one of the top positions, I, I also – um, I think you have to point out that Leonard just did stuff in the turnover the turnover department that you haven't sniffed this season without him. So Kevin Bowens on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Considering games defensively they had against Patrick Mahomes, against Russell Wilson, does that give you any inclination of belief that this defense can be better than decent against Jalen Hurts coming in here on Sunday? That's a good point. Um, I haven't really thought about it, I guess, in, in that light. Um, yeah, I think a couple things that separate Philly is, you know, you've got two really legit wideouts. Um, and, and, you know, Kansas City, I think it, you know, they've got a great tight end, of course, but I think their wideouts are a little bit kind of a second-tier group. Um, you know, Denver just seemed like they were just in such dysfunction. And, and honestly, the thing that probably separates the, the, the Phillies the Eagles from those other two teams is their offensive line. I mean, it's, if, if not the best, it's one of the best in the league. 
and Jason, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and, and what they do up front. So that probably is what separates them the most, and they are able to run it. You know, Kansas City certainly not that, and I don't think Denver was a good running team this season. But that's probably where I would point to O-line, a little bit of run game that separates them. I do think the loss of Dallas Goddard is a really big, that's a big deal. one for them. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a playmaking tight end, a guy that makes plays after the catch for them, and he's kind of their safety blanket. So I'll be curious to see if, you know, Zach Paschal honestly slides into a little bit more of that role. Um, I know it's not a tight end, but we know Nick Sirianni loves him. So be curious to see how that plays out. I think something related to Monday night that really stands out to me is obviously the Eagles lost, but they just got beat up. Um, they played, I, I went back and looked earlier, they played 83 defensive snaps. Washington was on the field. Washington had the ball for 40 of 60 minutes. Yeah. That means the Eagles defense is out there for 83 defensive snaps. And just to put that into, into perspective, uh, I think the last time the Colts defense was on the field for that long in a game is 2015. So that's a long, long time for a defense that had a couple guys going to the medical tent, uh, banged up in the secondary, and now you're on a short week and you got to travel. Um, so I, that I think is what plays into, you know, the mental mindset of Philly should be very locked in and trying to bounce back from that loss. And the NFC East is, you know, now a little bit more jumbled and all of that, but the physical toll, I mean, Monday night could not have gone better, honestly, from a Colts, Colts perspective, perspective and seeing them, you know, have such a hard fought game and really Washington just kind of bully them. Uh, A.J. Brown's been cleared, by the way. Last check when Tennessee was here and A.J. Brown was still a part of it, he was uh, torching this Colts defense. Now, there's some new names, no doubt about it. And Stephon Gilmore, when he got matched up against Devontae Adams when the game was on the line, made the play, unlike he did not make against the Commanders. Uh, and he did make, obviously, going all the way back to the Denver game as well. How much will we see, you think, that that combination as well. And as you mentioned, Dallas Goddard being out, that is a big deal for that Eagles offense on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, when you look at your corner group, Gilmore on Brown and Isaiah Rogers on Devontae Smith, to me, makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I, I think that's something that, you know, I know it's not been Gus Bradley's MO to necessarily have corners follow each other. And, you know, you know Sirianni's going to try and move some guys around. But um, I, I think that is something that would be wise you know, you think back to how that game unfolded late. I mean, Devontae Adams, and, you know, as he should, he's one of the best wideouts in the league. But, I mean, he got the best of Rodgers. He got the best of Kenny Moore. You know, it took a yeah. while before Gilmore, you know, got, got on him. And, you know, I also feel like, you know, if they had to do it over again, you know, maybe the Raiders try to move Adams around if he was definitely going to be the target there on the fourth down to try and get him away from Gilmore. Um, so Sirianni, we had a conference call with him earlier today. He had a ton of high praise uh, for Gilmore. And, you know, I, I think A.J. Brown's physicality, I mean, that is something that he just – he just, he plays the game so much bigger than he's, he's listed at. Um, and obviously we know that full well from what we've seen in those prior matchups. So uh, certainly that, that matchup, how much Gilmore that you see on him, uh, that'll be uh, that'll be something to watch. Kind of an angered squad too, especially with the way that game ended, with kind of the flopping of of Heineke and Heineke getting over. You're probably going to have a bit of an an angry and reestablished, if you will, squad coming in here from an Eagle standpoint Sunday. Yeah, and, and I 
obviously, I, I think like that'll be the case again. They're playing for number one seed, and they're yeah. playing for and and you know the NFC East and all that. Um, and I don't know how much this matters, but yeah, I mean, Nick Sirianni was pissed off about Frank Reich. Yeah, I saw that you today. Know, and, yeah. I, you and, know, but I would expect and, him to be because they're tight, sure, and sure. I I would expect nothing less. Sure, and I mean you'll see it on Sunday. I mean Sirianni is I mean, anybody that's gone out to a Colts practice when he was here at Grand Park, that dude chirps, and he's going to be chirping Kenny Moore and DeForest Buckner, and you know I'm trying to think of the other Colts players defensively that have been around for a while. Um, there will be some back and forth with that sideline, so. You know, for an NFC matchup, and then you factor in Jeff Saturday's first home game, you have to factor in the Colts coming off a win, arguably, um, you know, maybe the best the offense has looked all season. You know, when you consider the balance and you didn't need the no huddle and, and you finally got the run game going, I think Sunday at 1 o'clock is going to be one of the better atmospheres yeah. we'll see inside of Lucas Oil Stadium all season long uh, because, again, you have kind of all of that working together yeah you certainly do it's uh kevin bowen with us on the andy moore automotive group hotline um what do you think about the boilermakers last night a lot of players and i, I guess it's kind of the same with, with iu a lot of guys are trying to get playing time too i i can't lie i wanted to see more of kaufman wren than what i saw last night but yeah, if you're a boilermaker thanks. fan watching braden smith in the second half you know be uh, the guy that everybody talks about braden smith being and you know Edie the big man getting it done and that was that was a good marquette team that was in their building last night in the gavit games yeah i was shocked i looked up marquette was like preseason pick to finish ninth in the big east yeah gosh they, they, they certainly look better than that um i agree i was looking to see a little bit more out of coffin red and i think an achilles heel purdue will have this season is just can Brandon Newman be this? It's just, I mean, do you have kind of that wing that can get in the lane? I mean, Jay Nivey created so much for them in doing that. I think that'll be a question. It seems like they've got a couple of ball handlers. They've got some shooters. Um, They obviously have the bigs, but just kind of having that guy that can get to the foul line or get in the lane, that'll be a question. But, man, Braden Smith, I was was so impressed by him late. Like, it it had the vibe of probably what people that went to whatever it is, sectional eight, sectional nine, whatever it is up there – in Hamilton County, uh, watching Braid Smith take over that sectional this year uh, or this past spring, that's probably what you felt kind of watching him close it out last night. Of, yeah, I tweeted out, him and Fletcher Lawyer are going to win a lot of games, a lot of games at Purdue. And I feel like in a way, a Braden Smith-like point guard has been kind of a missing ingredient recently in, in the Painter tenure. Uh, maybe it hasn't had the most natural point guard or even that lead guard that you know, kind of once at late clock. I mean, Carson Edwards, Jay Nivey, probably not kind of like natural point guards, obviously unbelievable talent. But I think Braden Smith kind of quarterbacking it as a true freshman and moving into the next few years and doing it for, you know, 30-some minutes a night, uh, that's going to lead to a whole lot of success there. Um, and obviously next year, you know, they, they bring in Roosevelt Colvin's kid and he feels like he kind of fits a little bit more of what they might lack this year. So, uh, a lot of pieces. I, I am looking forward to seeing more of Kaufman Wren. And, and I know stat sheet-wise, I don't know if it showed up, but I thought Caleb first and the uh, Jenkins kid, both yeah. of them made some big plays. Well, I mean, David David Jenkins is not shy about shooting the basketball. That's for sure. No, he he's you. He's you. And I guess when you score as many points as he has, um, I guess the light is pretty 
Yeah, he, he was uh, he was putting that up. I would agree with you regarding first, especially in the second half, both he and and Smith. Smith more minutes than first, but first gave him some you know kind of moment of the game deciding factor type of play that you saw last night off the bench. I thought too, and you know Waddell actually he was he was subbed in there in a, a late game moment situation too. He actually got a little bit of clock there late in the second, so it's gonna be interesting to see how Matt handles it for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of guys to divvy up minutes to, and I feel like Waddell is one that, you know, Painter has talked about a lot. So, you know, kind of where he fits into all of that, um, I'll be curious to see. And, you know, I know next week when they go out west, or I think it's next week, uh, over Thanksgiving, I mean, they have the potential to play some big-time programs out there. So, I think important last night, just from a resume standpoint, take care of business at home, you know, get the non-conference win, get it over another – you know, power conference, uh, because right now you're seeing, I mean, you're seeing plenty of teams. Uh, the Pac-12 lost several games to some swack opponents. I mean, as a Notre Dame fan, the ACC, Louisville. And well, Louisville's right pretty now. funny right now. I'm a, shout out to Bellarmine, oh man. I love, I've always loved Bellarmine, even before they got up to yeah. D1. I, I, I hope that, that Southern Indiana has a similar path to getting there. I, and you know, I think that they Irish will tonight. at some point. So, shout out to the Screaming Eagles. Because I just think that area, you can find, I've always, you know, Indiana State, as much as I love them, sometimes I'm going, yeah, yeah, just a 90-mile radius, circle that thing, and this brings some dudes in that want to play that are going to be there. And I think you can get about the same, especially, you know, in Evansville with Southern Indiana. So, and I know you can do that at Bellarmine. There are a ton of players, you know, in and around Louisville, a 90-mile radius area right there, too. Yeah, I mean, it always shocked me that Evansville struggled so much recently. Oh, man. You know, that, that, exactly. that part of the state producing D1 talent. I'm nervous. Uh, Southern Indiana, that's who Notre Dame has tonight. And you, you look at the start of their season with Stan Gard, they, they smoked, I think it was Southern Illinois, and then they lost to Missouri by six. Yeah. So, Mike Bray is not going deep in the bench. They're a little banged up, so yeah, that uh, that has my attention tonight. Stan can coach, too. He absolutely can coach it up. So that'll be. Uh, Did I see um, Paul Casaro and those boys competed with Western Kentucky? Yeah, last night? night Western Kentucky. They end up losing by eighteen, I think, in Bowling Green last night. But yeah, I, I tell you what, high late first half. Yeah, um, I think they. Well, I think they were down eight at the end of the first. I could be wrong about that. I was following that a little bit last night too. But yeah, Paul can coach, and you know they they there's a who's who of dudes that you recognize in this area locally that are getting a lot of playing time on that team. That's a, a fun team to watch at UND. And, and you know, honestly, Rake is probably Greg Rake is probably right. a better person to have this conversation for. But the fact that IUPUI has fallen to this level is just shocking to me, John. I mean, you know, the Ron Hunter to Todd Howard yeah. transition, you know, I think that probably started some of it and obviously some off-the-court issues um, with, with Jason Gardner. But, I mean, you know, if you just got the 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 fourth kid All-City and the, you know, sixth All-Marion County kid, and that was just kind of the repeat recruiting class year in and year out, get a Donut County kid or two, and then, you know, I would think the transfer portal would be a goldmine for them in the sense of trying to attract a kid that maybe left Indianapolis and wants to come back home. I get the facilities on campus, you know, have some drawbacks, but Man, it's it's crazy to see. You just need a breakthrough. Just get run off the floor. You, you need a breakthrough. 
I mean, Indiana State has has needed a breakthrough. I, I know you go back to when Greg Lansing took them to the tournament and, you know, they lost to Syracuse, I think it was, in round number one. They need a breakthrough. I mean, Evansville, I don't know what Evansville. I, I kind of wonder how much longer that's even going to be. But, I mean, they just need a breakthrough. I know that it's easier – I should say we're we're making it sound easier than I guess that it is. I'm sure sure that we are. But, yeah, you just look in the area and you look at all these these players that are in and around here you think could help. And, yeah, you still kind of kind of waller a little bit in uh, in what you're doing when loss wise. You uh, is you Indigo and D1. Am I am I hearing that rumor? I, I know that they they have interest in it. I asked Paul that I think on when was that last was it Friday when I asked him that? And he told me it was better for the president. <laughs> so they told me, okay. Well, I'm not talking to President Casaro, so tell him no, yeah. seriously. But no, I uh, yes, I think that is a long-term vision. I think as it should be, right? Should it not be? Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of your quest. Uh, there are enough players around here. There, there there are enough players around here to go around. But uh, well, and this is probably more of a Jake Query question. But like, if you look at population size of Indianapolis, I think most people would think you have more than two Division One basketball programs. Yeah, you know, if you just looked at other cities around the U.S., there's so many Division One basketball programs. So, yeah, you see a lot of kids around here end up bugging out, and yeah, like Dylan Windler, I always bring him up from Perry Meridian, um, who ended up at Belmont. Now, granted, he he transformed into that type of player. Um, and this is probably a bad example. He, he that environment was perfect for him, you know. And and Rick Bird, the head coach there, and that right. style of play was was perfect for him. There's no doubt about that. But man, there are a lot of dudes that end up getting out of town, and you kind of wonder how in the world that happened. But again, I sit here and I know that it's easier said than done, or because yeah. if if not, somebody would have done it. And uh, I mean, it's, there are too many there are too many talented guys around here to. To see that happen, so easier said than done, I guess. Sure, but yeah, I know we're up against it, but Cathedral's had a couple guards. Eastern Kentucky, I think, yeah. at Murray State recently. It's like, man, who's that know, kid with the wild hair at Cathedral? Who's that dude? Oh, uh, Jake Davis. He yeah, looks like David Coverdale of Whitesnake. Yeah. I dig the hair. What's his name? Jake Davis. Uh, Mercer is where he's going. Another oh, he's, one. See, I mean, yeah, Mercer, yeah. Macon, Georgia, huh? So he's going. That dude, he just he bangs home threes, takes charge. He just makes the right play. I'm going to call him White Snake because he looks like David Coverdale of White Snake. Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> he's got some wild hair, doesn't he? <laughs> he, does, he does have some wild hair. I like it. I did not know he was going to Mercer, though. Yeah, huh. pretty sure it, it, it's Mercer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Cathedral's going to be really good. Hey, by the way, too, Taylor Heineke, he's going to be the starter against the Texans. So the uh, getting up to the second round with that Wentz trade, looks like it's circling the drain, is it not? It will be a third-rounder, right? Yes. I mean, there's no way they go – I mean, they would have to go back to Wentz next week pretty much. Exactly. The season. So unless Taylor yep. Heineke gets hurt. Yeah, so third rounder, and with Washington continuing to win, I mean, that third round pick now is looking a little bit later than you even thought it would be. All right, Kevin Aquary, weekday mornings here on The Fan from 7 until 10 a.m. Happy birthday to your mom. I'm going to get the entire family drunk at the Bulldog tomorrow, too, with Heaven Hill Distillery. So come on over. I'm going to get everybody hammered. <laughs> I love it. All right. Is I Matt, love hey, it. what about Maddie? Is Maddie, Maddie in the drinking mood? 
What do you think? Oh, she, come on now. Yeah, I mean, she baby's two months old. She's she, she cer- certainly throwing them back, having to deal with those long nights. We're like high V at the Iowa Motor Speedway. We go big or we go home, Kev. <laughs> so remember that, all right? Go big or go home. I love that analogy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, brother. See you tomorrow. All right, see you, John. So Kevin Moe, Kevin and Query, weekday mornings here on The Fan. Way over. My bad. We'll come back, talk with you at 239-1070, rehash the day that included Brian Evans and Edger and James as well. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, Brian Evans, the former Hoosier. Talking a little college hoop, a little NBA with B. Evans, Edger and James, the Hall of Famer, outstanding in the four o'clock hour. Uh, football Live featuring Edger and James debuts on Friday night, nine o'clock on the NFL Network, something you will not want to miss. And Kevin Bowen, who is going to bring his family out, and we're going to get them drunk coming up tomorrow at the Bulldogs. So if you guys want to see that along with making those week number 11 picks in our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots, you can join us, me, Brent Holverson, and the family Bowen, all at the Bulldog. That's coming up tomorrow. JMV, I completely remember back in the day with real eyes and Kelsey. Kelsey with real eyes. That was one of the biggies of the 90s right there. I mentioned Push Down and Turn, The Chosen Few, Y Store, Situation Gray. Was that techno alternative type of band, cover band out there? I think Dave and Joe still do it right now, too. But real eyes. I bet I saw them. Countless times, especially with uh, quarter beer night at the Bluebird Thursday nights, I believe. Thursday night, quarter beer night. It was like the worst beer of all time, too. I think I always thought quarter beer night at the Bluebird was the beer that they spilled and they kept it in a tank, like they kept all the spilled beer in a tank and then put it into something and then reserved it for quarter beer night. I believe that that was on a Thursday back in the day. David writes this, please tell Bowen he needs to man up just a little bit. He's been talking about feeling old for six months. What is he, 33 years old? I'll trade him my 57. Old pains right now, even trade. I'll double back. T. Shaw writes this, JV, I-6570, do we know when that's reopening? Because 465 sucks. 465 indeed sucks. I believe, and I hate to be Debbie Downer right here. I believe we have another year, right, of that construction issue with 65 and 70. You can correct me if I'm wrong. JMV, did I read this correctly? Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter against the Texans for the Commanders coming up this weekend. Thus, probably see you later in that second round 2023 pick possibility indeed. Embrace round number three with that. Embrace round number three. Kevin writes this, JMV, for what it's worth, 
Number one, Peyton Manning. Number two, Edrin James. Number three, Robert Mathis. Four, Reggie Wayne. Five, Marvin Harrison. Bob Sanders, number six. Dwight Freeney, number seven. Dallas Clark, number eight. Jeff Saturday, number nine. Joseph Adai, 10. Marlon Jackson, 11. Gary Brackett, 12. Vinatieri, Bethay, and Tarek Glenn rounding out your top 15. Well done. C. Fitch says 465 South from Greenwood is miserable right now. I'll tell you what, anywhere from Man Road all the way to Castleton is a brutality most days. I just got to a point where I'm not going to gripe about it anymore, I guess. Until I'm in it, until it happens again. Hey, JMV, what do you tell your kids about sports? <laughs> well, that depends on what day it might be. It depends on my mood. Nah, seriously. Pat on the back and go. What we try to do there as best as possible. JMV, my neighbor met the urge on the opening night of his club in Miami. Just happened to run into somebody that was going to be there at the hotel. It's from Phil King. That's Edrin who joined us a little bit earlier. Uh, podcast 1075thefan.com. I do have a little bit of time. we got to go extra time tonight. I don't know how much time. Three or so minutes on the clock. So if we want to do a little bit of anything goes, if you want to dial right now, we can double that thing up. Next segment and then a smidge after six for a little anything goes. Shout out to Godbout, by the way, too, man. Making that transition from raise to waste management, raising some money for teachers' treasures a couple of weeks ago. Well done. Well done. Pacers pregame starts at 6.30. Pacers in Charlotte tips tonight at 7. We're back with your calls at 239-1070 next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Get a little anything goes if you guys want to. Pull the trigger at 239-1070 and jump on here. A little time here, a little time after six. Pacer pregame, bottom of the hour. Pacers in Charlotte. Tip time's at 7 o'clock. JMV, I hear you talk about this before. I admire you because you never bring up politics on the show. Why do you hate politics so much? Simply put, because I'm a simple man with a simple opinion. And it sucks. I know that it runs things, but it doesn't make it suck any less. I've got to talk often about stuff that sucks, and if I'm going to talk about stuff that sucks, it's not going to be that. Again, a simple man with a simple opinion. But thank you for the email anyway. Anything goes. 239-1070. Line one, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, John. It's Todd. Hello, Todd. Did you beat me this weekend? Yeah, by by nothing. Um, it's, uh, it's not good radio, but I mean, the, it um, 
uh, there, there's a story behind the last play of the Redskins Philadelphia game that um, was was crazy, but I won't get into it right now. No, oh, well, yeah. it's, it's okay because I forgot to sub out <laughs> Hardman, and uh, that's what ended up costing me right there. So, but go ahead. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got Kyle this week. By the way, isn't uh, did you just quote a Skinner lyric there? You're a simple man. <laughs> I'm a simple. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple kind of man. Yeah, I did. I just did some Skinner there instead of my own quote. Were you perchance at the uh, Roncalli uh, New Pal game last Friday? I was. Not, I rarely get out in time to make any of these Friday games because I have to go until around 7 o'clock and try to navigate over around Roncalli and, and New Pal. That was probably – I would probably have to park, I think, on the other side of 65. So, yeah, it was it was going to be tough. Well, the weather wasn't fantastic, right. but honestly, that's probably your 4A state championship game right there, I believe. I think they were, they were probably the two best teams in the state. Hey, the reason I'm calling you, and I think I think you know a little bit about this. Um, so, um, James is one of the few uh, pro athletes I actually got to hang out with uh, yeah. several times, multiple times. But so, him and Amp Harris, and, and oh, I know yeah. you know Amp well, yeah, we're, we're boys back in the day. And... Um, so and and I think we've talked before. I, I've been in the uh, booze business for three decades plus, but I used to call in a honky tonk on the west side of town called the West uh, Eight Second Saloon. But they also did some other um, other events as well. And James and Harris were involved in a Monday night football event that they ran every Monday. Okay, and the crowds were huge out there at the place. And I would sit there and I would talk with James for two or three hours. He was the chillest cat. I mean, <laughs> yeah, great guy, great guy. He, I, I, that's, I, I, he was that way with everybody too. That's I right, always had a right. great deal of admiration for that. So yeah, uh, but 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 Bone said it. He he he's, he was just like, and I, and I tell you what, I never saw the guy drink a drop of alcohol, but he had more fun, and he was so cool just to hang out with. And you you really haven't experienced Edward, Edward James until you've hung out with him for three hours at a party, you know, and, Great and dude. that's, yeah, he yeah. is. So, Hey Todd, yeah. I got to run. I appreciate it. I'll see you out appreciate again soon, it, man. What's uh, Todd it, beat me in fantasy football. I got a little, anything goes for you. If you're on hold, we'll come back to you. Two, three, nine, 10, 70, a couple of minutes on the other side. Don't leave.